0: Welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman. And along with my business partner, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast where we highlight some of the best and brightest in the real estate industry, along with a weekly segment called industry headlines. We are a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate podcast. And we are so glad that you are listening and tuning in today. And we hope you enjoy our show. All right, guys, we're back on the Kevin and Fred show, and I am ex- so excited to have my longtime friend, one of our original, probably first five or 10 guests of this podcast three years ago now, Sarah Kalki back on the show. Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I am so good. So grateful to be here and to be back and to catch up.
0: Me too. So it has been a minute since you were on the podcast last and also since you and I have seen each other or even... Have the chance to speak. So I'm so excited to kind of just catch up on quite a few different things here. So um, let's do this, Sarah, if you don't mind, maybe for the for the people who uh, didn't hear your first episode with us or just don't know you uh, well yet, give us a kind of a, uh, like a brief intro, like who's Sarah, where are you at, kind of what you're and what is your kind of maybe a small like real estate business overview look like these days. And then, then I'm gonna start going backwards and bouncing around.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I'm Sarah Kalky. I'm from Canada, the great white north. <laughs> um, I I got to meet, you know, I get to meet so many amazing people and um, mostly because I sell lots of real estate. You know, that's, that's been the gateway for all of these wonderful relationships. And um, from, you know, everybody likes to know like the staff. So <laughs> I, I'm an individual agent. I sell a hundred homes a year. Pretty much that's like my, my happy zone of, done that for the last five years. And you're, this is year six, uh, just right on track to do the same thing. Um, do that just mostly through word of mouth referrals. And, uh, I think the coolest thing though, is that not that I sell a ton of real estate, but I also get to have this really awesome life. I have a whole bunch of horses that I show. Uh, I have a great family and, uh, you know, I'm on this big mission to live, uh, life that is full of joy and full of contribution back to people and so i also run a coaching program and uh so i do one-on-one coaching and then work with a couple of just really phenomenal groups of women uh in a mastermind i run called the shine mastermind and it's all about really just helping everybody find their light and be just like uh, so happy and able to shine out to the world. Cause I, you know, I think a lot of us in real estate, you know, we're, yes, there's like the super celeb realtors and stuff, but most of us are just normal people trying to build lives that we love. And, uh, what I saw so much is people just struggling with how do I break out? How do I shine? And so that's what I focus on. uh, Besides my real estate practice is helping people, uh, shine themselves.
0: So something I'm going to point out here is this is one of the things about you that I love is you, you don't even realize that you're one of those superstar like celebrity, if you will, real estate agents, because, because of the way, I think truthfully it's because of the way you approach it. And um, you know, you just said like, it's, you know, it's not big numbers. I remember when hundred transactions was a big, big number, uh, no matter solo agent or team or whatever. Right. Um, for me, what's impressive though, Sarah, like, I don't. I'm not impressed by the number of homes sold. There's so many other things where I think we have to dig deeper for context. But knowing you the way I do, knowing how much you travel, how much time you look, there's a horse right over your shoulder. Knowing how much time you spend with horses, with your family, uh, and giving back to others, uh, to me that's that's a super impressive number. It's a giant number, and I love how it. I mean, it's also you also do it with what looks like relative ease. I know. There's plenty of times where it doesn't feel easy because you know we're dealing with people and it's real estate. But at the end of the day, you really handle it so well and make it look like, gosh, like for me, it's probably how I would make look for, for selling four or five houses on my own look like, right? You really do an amazing job of that. And so, and I just think that speaks to who you are and being aware uh, of who you are. So let's, let's do this. Let's back up to prior to your mastermind so you and I met at a mastermind event. That was the first time we met in person. And I just remember being blown away by your story and just being so impressed by it. And we talked about this a little bit on the first episode, so we don't have to dive into this too much, but you, you got your ability to be really clear on who you work with and how, who your ideal clients are like, look, first of all, is that still, rel- is that still like part of your business model today? And if so, how can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. My mission, the reason I sell real estate is because I wanted to own a horse. <laughs> basically, um, I started in real estate just randomly. I have a classical music degree. I was, you know, down that bunny trail. And I came home and I always really desperately wanted to ride horses. And I'll, I'll get to your point of you know how I run things and ideal clients, but it's important that you understand this because otherwise it, it just doesn't really make sense. So um, I worked for a random family friend who was like an old school realtor, like the old school. Um, you know, like all the, you know, scripts and closing lines and, um, you know, high pressure sales, you know, he, who speaks first loses and, you know, all that stuff, like, you know, the stuff that was probably like taught on cassette tape, like back in the day, that's like what, that was what I thought real estate was. And so I, I had to work for him as an assistant and made really uh, decent money. And I was like, all right, you know, whatever, this real estate thing is super cheesy. Um, but I had my dad and his closest brother, my uncle Paul had this conversation where he was like, Hey, um, my biggest regret in life. My dad was saying this, my greatest regret in life is that I was never able to get Sarah a horse. So three days later, my uncle Paul goes out and buys me a horse. To ride. Like this is just the guy he was right. He, he had um, moved to the country, had his own little place. Didn't realize I loved horses so much, bought this horse for me to ride. And then the rest of my life is based on just this one complete obsessive love of horses and, you know, animals. And, you know, for anybody listening, it's not like, you know, I'm not going to like just talk about crazy horse girl energy the whole time. It's just, I'm, I was so passionate, so excited to do this one thing that. All of the other stuff in my life just kept coming into place so that I could do that one thing. So when I got into real estate, my goal was never, I want to be the number one real estate agent in Edmonton, Canada. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, that didn't, you know, and even now I'm like, whatever, you know, that the statistics are cool. I'm like, oh yeah, that's neat, I guess. Like it's cool to get asked to speak or whatever. But the mission was always, how can I ride horses? And if you know, horses are like really expensive. If you're going to pick a sport, you know, you could pick like Formula One racing, <laughs> maybe or like horses, right? It's a good way to um, to spend a bunch of money. So my mission always in real estate has been to sell the greatest number of homes in the most efficient way possible while giving my clients the best experience that they possibly can get, because I've always realized that really happy customers, number one are the foundation of an easy business. You know, they're an easy business is one where the phone rings, you know, it's like, imagine those restaurants where there's just a lineup and, you know, they open their reservations and everybody rushes in versus being like, you know, out on the street, handing out flyers and advertising and radio ads and all that stuff, which, you know, kills your productivity or your profitability, but it's also like so much work. So I was like, I don't want to do like that much work. <laughs> Basically, if you think of anything, you can be like, you know, like if you're listening to this and you self-identify as a lazy realtor, this will be the conversation for you. <laughs> right? Because you're like, hey, I don't want to work super, super hard. I don't want to door knock. I don't want to um, you know, put out ads and all of this stuff. I don't want to make all those conversations that. You have to have, and you know, the, the two minute turnaround time from an online lead. No, thank you. (laughs) That's a really hard way to do business and like kudos to the people who do, but really within that, so efficient business. So I could go ride my horses, make a bunch of money so I could pay for the horses and have really happy customers. So they could be like run my business and they'd be like the little engine that could. So I'd be able to focus on all this other stuff what it really meant was getting super clear on who I like working with and who I'm going to be able to give an excellent experience to. And that's not everybody, if that makes sense. You know, I'm not for everybody and I'm really passionate. I really love what I do. And I work super well with people who are the same, you know, who love what they do. They trust the experts. They're really willing to kind of like listen to expertise and, and do what it is that we say, you know, again, if you're listening to this and wouldn't it be nice if you had a whole troop of clients who just were like, Hey, tell us what to do. And then they did it. (laughs) It would be, you know, that's how, and you know, you say, and it's so kind of you to say, you know, um, everything you said, and it seems like, wow, it's also effortless from the outside because on the inside, it actually is pretty effortless. And I'd be remiss to say like, oh, I'm such a great mastermind of all of this. And, you know, both you and I share great faith and so much, I think of all of this and all the foundation is not just like, oh, I'm, so, I'm a business genius. I'm so smart, you know, this stuff. I think it's, you know, really based in faith and so many confessions that I make and, you know, affirmations, if you, you know, if you want to say that way. The biggest thing that I say to myself every day, and then, I'll, you know, loop it back to you is, um, the right clients come to me and we pray my whole family, my daughter, my husband and I, we pray every single night, you know, over our friends and our family. And, you know, the big blessings just come on everybody who's blessed our business and our lives. And, um, you know, you could do this as a meditation, but it's so important to like put that great energy back because they've put it into our lives. And then we always say, you know, open the door and send the right people to us. So it's not just a you know business advertising, marketing philosophy. It's truly, you know, everything that we believe in is that the right people come our way. And the things that happen in my world and the flow is just so God-led and God driven. It it literally does feel easy. And you're right. I mean, there are the days where things are a little bit stressful or go sideways or, you know, inspections happen. Like it's still real estate, but for the most part, because of you know that divine guidance it is actually quite simple and it's easy to do all of the things at once well
0: what i'm hearing from you first of all is like the complete like clarity on who you are and why you do it and why you do what you do right complete clarity on what you're willing to do as a professional from like a i'll call it job duty standpoint um, and then, like you know, you just mentioned, like you uh, and your family, you know, praying over things, and you, then you even said, like it could be a meditation, um, it could be an affirmation. The, but for me, what I'm hearing is like this is like the really um, the buzzword, like for the last couple years, has been like gratitude, right? And it's just like, and, but what I actually and what I heard from you was like actually gratitude for the for the people and the things and the opportunities in your life, and so. When you, when you do that, I think from a very natural place and it is natural, knowing you the way I do, um, I know that it's a, a very natural thing, like not saying that you're not purposeful about it, but I do think that you, it, it's um, something that you believe all the way not doing because you think it would help you. Um, just not because you thought it was like the best, like you said, it wasn't necessarily the best strategy. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, um, but, but it just feels like it's more of who Sarah is And the way Sarah operates, and it turns out that that's a really great formula for success in life and business.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I think so. It's um, you know, I think like anything, it's a habit, and I like how you said it was purposeful. Yeah. Because anybody who is in a hard place, and you know, we can talk about that because it's you know, there's definite challenges to staying on a path. It is not an easy path to, it's not an easy thing to just stay, you know, and going in one direction, especially because our world is so full of distractions and so full of things that can take us off in different directions that aren't really in line with who we are, but staying purposeful has really helped. And, you know, and I think for me, that's really been my faith has always been like the straight line. You know that's always been the thing to go towards and all the other stuff has really um come along and it always just reminds me like no 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 just just keep going in you know in this purposeful direction yeah for sure
0: I feel like um you know you mentioned like the distractions and kind of but also kind of staying staying the course like in, in this business you know there's a million there's a million different ways to succeed there are so many and you and I know so many people that have succeeded so much differently than the two of us have and you and I even have completely different business models but w- the one thing I think I know or I should say the two things I believe are common between the two of us and I think common with a lot of other people that have achieved um, at least some level of what they would consider success is number one being being true to who you are kind of like knowing knowing what you're doing like you like you said lazy like for, I always use that word too like I made a decision one time that I just wanted to do this a very lazy way and it didn't, it could not depend on me being in someone's living room to take a listing anymore. Like I just had to, I had to figure out a way to be successful around that, right? And then to also kind of take my other skills. But the other thing, probably even more effective than just me being, you know, and me being true to who I am and my lazy self is the fact that I was able to just still keep on that same road for a long period of time. And there is so much value in time on task over a long period of time, especially in this industry where you are know, you could go into like, to our Facebook group, Next Level Agents. I'm sure if we go into your coaching group or so many other groups of people, whether physical or online, and there's people succeeding at high levels, 10, 20 different ways. And it's so easy for us to go, well, I want to be Sarah. I want to do it like he does it. I want to do it like she does it. And the reality is, is when you're, clear on who you are and kind of the activities that you're willing to do, you gotta just use some of it, it just comes from digging in for a long period of time.
1: Amen. (laughs) I agree, that is
0: so true. So tell me, um, so so you and I really have not hardly talked at all since pre-pandemic. We've tried to connect a few times and it's always been like you were going out of town or I was going out of town. So this is like truthfully our first conversation in a while. What has gone on for you? Because the last, I think it's okay to say the last year and a half has been, I like to use the word weird. It's just been weird. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, weird environments, weird things happen in the industry. I think, um, you know, it's challenged us all on some levels. What's gone on for Sarah in the last, call it 18 months or so?
1: Well, I'm so honored and excited to (laughs) talk about this journey because it's been a, a really big one. And I think a lot of people will, Probably relate to my end of the journey. Um, The biggest thing that happened, I think, to all of us when the pandemic started is we got to decide again what was really important to us. And, you know, I think that for a lot of people, they became very passionate (laughs) in many different directions. Um, And, you know, the things that were there before really got put under a microscope. So, you know, the first thing that came out is what do you love the most? You know, that really seemed to be the question that was answered by everybody at the beginning uh, of the pandemic. And that is really what happens in crisis, right? So we all go into this crisis, you know, the world's locking down and what do you love the most became like a billboard for everybody's value system. And some people, what they love the most was money. And hey, you know what? If people love money the most, whatever, <laughs> you know, that's cool. And if some people love you know, their award level status the most, that's who they are. And we saw that, right? We saw people being told and taught that this was the perfect opportunity to make money. It was the perfect opportunity to kill and crush your competition, because your competition would be all staying at home. And I literally heard people say, you know, your competition is following the stay at home orders. You and your team, like you get out there and you sell houses because then you will be number one at the end of the year. So that was, you know, I could see that love silo happening. Then you had the people who really, really loved their family more than anything. And they were like, hey, you know, pause on everything. Families first, some people community, you know, I know some agents who went, and volunteered and delivered food and became, you know, complete community advocates. And it was like all of that happened. It was like you know you took a deck of cards and you just like laid them all out for everybody, and you really got to see what people loved the most. So that was the moment where, um, and the real catalyst for. Uh, me walking away from a lot of the the stuff that you know I once thought was really important because I was always trained to think it was important you know like the statistics and and being super elite was like a thing for me when I was growing up it was like work hard you know classic like immigrants kid right and my dad was a farmer's kid but you know same things like work really hard and then be successful in air quotes and success was always an external number, you know, it was like, can you be, and I really wanted to be, I wanted it with my whole heart to be the number one Remax agent in Edmonton. Remax, like doesn't matter about brand, obviously we're not here to talk about that, but that's like the big one here is like 50% market share. So that was like the big thing that you could do. And I was going for that. Cause I thought like, that was what I loved. I thought being successful would honor my family. know be really like it would make my dad proud (laughs) you know like we all kind of go back to that and make my daddy proud um and that would be really cool but it would also feel amazing to be part of these rooms with like ceos and all this like awesome stuff and i walked into those rooms and you know everything felt like so cool and larger than life and and i was so wowed by it and you know such a seeker of knowledge I really like, I learned and learned and learned, and went to every mastermind and every training. And I was like, how can I just be better at my business and build this great life for my family? And all that, and all that stuff was still there, but I really had, you know, like the emoji with like the star eyes yeah. <laughs> that was like me for all, like that world of like um, influencers, I, I think. And when the pandemic happened, I was like, what? what am I doing? Like, what is this? Like, this isn't even, this stuff doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things. Like if, you know, if the world's falling apart, is anyone gonna care that I'm the number one Remax agent in Edmonton, Canada? Like, what? Or like, did I sell a hundred houses a year? Like, that's why when you ask me, like intro myself, I'm like, well, I guess this is like the thing that people wanna hear. But, you know, it became all like instantly about, um, you know, like, it was like the lens was out of focus and the pandemic refocused it. Like, you know, you go to the eye doctor yeah. and they're like one or two, A yes. or B. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I was like at one for a long time. And then my prescription changed because my seeing changed, and like my eyes changed. And then all of a sudden it was just like, like that, like I flipped like, oh, now it's two it used to be one. That was my lens that I thought everything was cool in and two became the lens. So i walked away from all that stuff. And that's hard to do when that's like your whole friend group. I didn't really do it. I I just basically said like, Hey, you know, I'm going to switch gears. And unfortunately got very much (laughs) unfriended by, um, and you know, but I think it was because I, I said in my own integrity, I said, Hey, you know, my values don't line up anymore. um, and I know sometimes that truth can be really hard to hear where I said, you know, the, What's been going on isn't what I signed up for originally. When I first signed up, you know, I think everybody was really starry-eyed and excited and growing together. And then something shifted and it became, and I I do not say this in at all a bad light because we all learn from everybody.
0: Totally. It
1: became about being elite. And the conversations went from wow, look how amazing someone's doing to oh, so-and-so is a chicken because they're not coming or really pitting people against each other. And things became really critical. And it's really easy to get critical when you're afraid, when you have built something that you want to keep, um, you know, status. And, you know, I was right in that world. um, I really wanted to keep this cool thing going. And I just decided, I was like, you know, I really, I'm not about that negative energy anymore. I'm about just still who I'm about, which is, you know, I just want to go ride horses and like hang out with my family and have a really great marriage. Um and I don't want to spend time talking about how someone looks or how someone's results are, or what's going on behind the scenes. Like, that's just, it's not who I am. And like I said, again, it's, this is not at all designed to, you know, make anybody look bad, but Sometimes it's very hard when we have someone we love look at us and say, Hey, this doesn't feel right anymore. And so because of that, it was like all of a sudden I was on the outside, unfriended un, (laughs) un everything. I was like instantly no more. And that was really difficult. And I'm sure everybody who's listening to the podcast has experienced at some point over the last 18 months, Losing friendships that are super valuable to you. And these are people I holidayed with. They were like my best, best friends. And to go from, you know, speaking the truth to being completely outsided was really painful, especially at the time. But as time passes, I've just gained gratitude for it. I've really realized, you know, when you can't give honest feedback to someone without them acknowledging it and being like, thank you. You know, you are a dear friend. Like, I thank you for being honest with me. Um, the friendship isn't really what I thought it was about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, well, it's about different you know, stuff, right? That's and that's a, okay.
0: That is, that is a thing and that is okay. Um, it doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make the experiences somehow no longer valid. You know, like the good experiences mm-hmm. that happened yeah. prior. It just yep. means like it's okay. We can go in different directions. I have this, Sarah. Totally. I have this conversation so much with people. I I, mm-hmm. I went through it personally in a big mm-hmm. shift in my business about three, a little more than three years ago. I talk to agents all the time that are worried about a very similar thing to what you just said, um, and like it, it's especially when you know that's it's probably coming, or you think it's coming. Whether it is or isn't doesn't matter. If you think it's coming, or or if you know it's coming. It can be scary because like we all, ha- at the end of the day, we all want to be part of a community, whether we admit it, even if you're like tough exterior guy like me that says, I don't care what people think. And I don't in the moment I do. Like, if you say something that hurts sure. my feelings, like it hurts, it might hurt my feelings or it could, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Everybody on some level wants to be accepted, uh, some more than others. And for some, it's just a hot, you know, it's a higher need than others, but all of us have that. All of us have that need to be part of a community. And so when we know we're kind of moving on the outside, it can, it can suck and it doesn't invalidate the previous experience and all the positive stuff that came out of it.
1: That's so true. There's, we in our society, I wish we had more of a focus on good goodbyes. You know, sometimes you, just like you said, you know, you're on the same path for a while and then. You know something happens and it just happened to be the pandemic for a lot of people i think the pandemic was one of those things where all of a sudden you're passed with people separated but i wish that we had more focus on you know you can still remain at least somewhat civil friends yeah. <laughs> you know you don't and no one looks good trying to make somebody else look bad and that's why you know e- even as we're talking about it i'm trying to be really careful to still show respect for people that I've learned from um, it's not me criticizing and saying oh I'm better or worse or it was just that our paths diverged and think about all the agents you know you're on a team and your path diverges you're on in a brokerage and your path diverges there's so many different areas but we don't have to blow things up and just exclude people forever from our lives what if we dealt with this stuff with some grace.
0: Yeah, you know, you just said a word, a good goodbye. And there's a quote, I was just looking for it, but I can't, um, I'll search for it later, maybe put it in the show notes. But effectively, like a goodbye could be like a graduation or it could be like yeah. a divorce, right? Yeah. And the thing is, we, we get to choose what that's like. It could be, a, it could be, um, and you know, what I think can be hard is um, sometimes only part of that is what I'm gonna call public, public for us, I think a lot oftentimes is social media. Um, only part of the story is oftentimes public. And so sometimes the one, one side can look like to be made a certain way versus, versus not. And so that, that can make it tough, but yeah, you know, it could be a graduation and it could just be kind of moving on or, you know, it could feel more, you know, bad, but, and it doesn't have to, like, there's a re- mm-hmm. we could celebrate. I obviously with what I do, I deal with a lot of people who are, le- who are going through a goodbye. Um, and I'll tell you what, I can't, I'm so shocked at the amount of people who are, um, not given a good goodbye. Like when, even though they're, that's what they're asking for, what they're, what they're given is a, I can't believe you'd ever do that to me type type of deal. And that's such a rough way to leave a, you know, I think it says so much more about how we treat people on the way out more so than even how we treat them on the way in and while they're here. How do we treat people when we don't we no longer have anything to gain from them and they're moving on and i think that says a lot like a lot and um i know something i think about quite often it sounds to me like that's that's something you've had to think about a lot too
1: yeah i i really did it was i think i'm very proud of myself looking back that i had the courage to speak the truth uh, I think a lot of people make things kind of like, oh, this is, you know, where they make excuses for themselves or they make themselves really small to make the other person feel okay. Like, oh, I just have to do this or whatever. And, you know, to be able to go forward and to say, thank you for everything that I have learned. These are the things that aren't working anymore. And I need you to know that because we are great. We've all been great friends for so long. And I, I think there's, we need to understand. I mean, in um, when I was growing up, we talked a lot about doing things in love, you know, and sometimes, you know, as a parent, you parent in love, yeah. <laughs> you know, you tell your kid the hard things and you tell them the truth because you love them. And I really loved that community. And, you know, because they were such close friends to me um, it was in love that I told them and very vulnerably, you know, that it was, it was time for me to move on. I was very vulnerable at the exact same time. I was very burnt out. I was exhausted um, mentally, physically, spiritually from trying so hard to stay in something that was no longer in alignment with myself and just like trying so hard to meet these huge expectations. So, um, the first thing that happened is I came forward and I said, you know what, I'm tired. Uh, you know, I've never really experienced this level of just sheer exhaustion before in my life. Cause I wasn't just running, um, uh, my real estate practice. I, you know, had a podcast at the time I was running a Facebook group and I still have a Facebook group." Um, and, you know, was doing in-person masterminds and all of this huge coaching program, launched another program. And I, you know, I was just trying to be superwoman because everything in my world, all the knowledge that I was getting said, push harder, work harder, you know, stop crying. And, you know, think of these messages, right? These messages are not just, um, they're not exclusive to one person or one group. They're very, very prevalent in just motivational world. And there seems to be two camps, right? There's the camp of like, accept yourself. Everything is wonderful. You know, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Kind of that, like we talk about toxic positivity. where like, we're all great. Everything is awesome. And in that is so dangerous because people, they actually need money and they need to take action and they need to do hard things. They need to be out of their comfort zone. And so they often go to the other side, which is very, very, it's kind of like, the most uh, hard masculine energy that you can get, which is push harder, crush things, kill things, dominate things. Think of all the language that we're used to, right? And, you know, you see memes that come up all the time that are like, nobody cares, work harder. And so, and because of like our world and I thought, okay, that's the answer. So I was in the, nobody cares, work harder path, right? Like, that's what I looked up to and a lot of the messages in that world are shame based you are not rich because you're lazy you're not doing more because you don't wake up early enough you're not more successful because you weigh too much or you don't look right or you're this or you're that and there is so much judgment and so much shame but guess what shame and judgment are motivating they're so, very motivating oh my gosh
0: more so <laughs> right? than almost for most for most of the entire population it's those are like the most motivating things you know you just pointed out said something i've i i've had many a conversation about which is you know it's kind of like all rainbows and sunshine or it's push harder more 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 and i think that the truth is is it's significantly more nuanced than those two ends of the spectrum
1: right obviously it's so
0: much more nuanced but those (laughs) those are the but those are the message those are the messages for sure some people Mm -hmm. do need to push harder some people they do Yeah, literally need to like stop and, you know, do things radically different or pull back here or there. And it's just, it's so much more nuanced than we'll ever give it credit for. And I think at, on the ends, like you said, Hey, like I got to make money next month. Yeah. You got to push harder. Like you, you do work harder, do what you got to do to make it happen on the up, on the opposite end of I'm doing so much that I'm always doing something like we've got to find something to pull back here. And it's like, you've got to be, this is not just forward and back it's there's so many different directions to go to be pulling in, and and things that we've got to work on is you know humans which I think all, so far all of us are that I've run into Well
1: it's, I think it's actually very simple that anytime you're on an extreme you're in danger yeah you know anything extreme is dangerous it feels exciting you know, it's easy to get addicted to that world uh, where everything is extreme, you know, extreme sports, extreme work, extreme, you know, work hard, play hard, right? Like that's, but it's very dangerous because the work hard, play hards often also are not in integrity with their morals. You know, everything is so extreme. And, you know, I, I read this book, Relentless and um, don't oh, read it or, uh, or read it i don't know it's uh, a book it's tim like grover. by michael jordan's yeah by yeah. tim grover and michael jordan's coach and it's all about like the extreme like you know and the heck those guys and i almost threw out when i read the part of the book but like those guys you know cheating on their wives that's just part of them being a tiger and i was like oh lord and you know tiger woods like specifically right like it's the same thing and when you're so much on either extreme, you know, in the extreme of like sunshine and rainbows, like you said, is that toxic positivity is not that great either. Like, oh, we all deserve a medal. It's all great. Well, that's fine for us to all feel good all the time, but you are going to have to get out of your comfort zone if you're going to make money and build a better life for your family. And I'm so passionate that especially women, and people of color and people who don't identify on the you know typical gender normative spectrum they we need more money than anybody because you can't make real change unless you have dollars yep. you just can't and you know you can write all the letters you can like manifest whatever you want money is like magic <laughs> in our world it, it does
0: it's it's the number so, one thing that we have to vote with where we spend our yeah. money And where we give our money, like there's nothing Uh else. There is no other vote that matters.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's so true. So really what it comes down to is the focus in the middle. And most people are so busy waiting for other people to tell them what to do. And I was one of these people. I was like, please give me somebody who tells me what to do. I was still looking for a parent, really. Like somebody tell me what to do. And even if they're like, you, if you don't clean your room, that means you're lazy. You're never going to make it. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're whatever. I find that like wildly motivating. <laughs> like I really did until I did it. And then I realized, no, no, come back to that path. Come back to that focus of what is it that I really want? To me, the important things I want, a really sound, amazing relationship with God. And for, you know, people who aren't religious or spiritual or anything, it can be that relationship with your own spirituality or your own breath or you know just showing up as your true absolute just like genuine self that is, that can be the focus and um, and then it was i want a great marriage who am i surrounding myself with are these people people who have great marriages is that like the number one thing that we're talking about no we're talking about how can we make more money and so I'm so grateful because they helped me make enough money to be in a a stable position and that relentless energy and the never stop, put me in a great spot. Um, but then I was like, no, no, I've always been doing this. I want to ride my horses. I want to be a great mom. It's really hard to be a very present, very, very good mom. When you're doing, you're so focused on achievement for yourself and you know, for trying to just make people approve of you, and um, and I don't think I ever truly lost the desire to be a great mom. But my schedule would have maybe said to people a little bit a different thing than what it was that my true values are. You know, if you really want to know what people's priorities are, right? Like, look at their calendar, yep. <laughs> look at their you look at their credit card statement, and you know, I was like traveling all over the place and doing all these talks and every other thing besides getting to just live this beautiful life. That's what I've always been here for. And, you know, I think people listening to this podcast, I hope they're like, yeah, dude, I just want to live a beautiful life. I just want to, it's still a wonderful privilege and honor to get to speak with people and to share my story because no life I think is full unless you're helping others, but we just have to kind of go back and remember, like what is it that we got into this for? Do we get into it to be stressed 24 seven to like snap at our spouse and, oh, I'll do, you know, I'll be at dinner in one minute. I just have to write this offer. I just, and yeah, I get it. Like I'm an actual real estate agent too. So I know that the offers have to be written and, you know, phone calls have to be made and, you know, things are not always a straight line, but um, when we're really intentional about like getting back to that, no, I've, I've built this life because I want freedom for my family. I wanted to feel, Uh, really successful. I wanted to feel a sense of financial freedom, but I also wanted to build great memories. You know, I want to go camping you know, I want to do this stuff that, um, is what I really got into real estate for and keep that the number one thing. So everything else was, a, you know, it was a great journey. It was a spectacular learning lesson. And I'm so grateful in this weird, horrible way, even though it has literally taken some of the people that I love the most. And I'm grateful for this pandemic because it has helped me see clearly again.
0: That's awesome. Um, you know, you said something else again that sparked a thought and I had it earlier in our conversation, just, you know, didn't say it like a conversation I've had recently is around everything that our industry and it kind of goes back to when you're, I think even when you're sharing this story about like the, the Relentless book, you know, our entire industry is about these certain trophies. Like this is something I've really thought about a lot over the last year is like, why are, why are we giving why are there why are the awards the awards that we get? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that this is like why you mentioned like being the number one uh, Remax agent there locally? Like why is like why is that important? Or why is winning double, triple, platinum, quadruple, you know, award for my company? Why, why is that important? And does that even matter? Is it dist- what is that distracting me from? That's really the question I've asked before that I've started to ask recently is like. What is this award or this category distract, like trying to distract us from? And the way I put it is like, sometimes if you have that moment when you realize you're sitting at the little kid's table, because the, the kid table's over there and they're not talking about those awards. And that for me was some, you know, it's just something I've been personally been chewing on for the last, I don't know, six months or so, maybe a year. Had that thought about why do why do why are we set up that way? Like why is why are things set up that way? And I know it's not just a real estate industry thing, but since we're talking about real estate today, it's definitely super prevalent in real estate. I know it's it's in a lot of industries, and in a lot of other areas in our in our world. But um, so just something to chew on. Well, so let's do this, Eric, because we're starting to run long on time, and um, I promise we I've already gone over what I told you we would probably do. But I want to talk about like your coaching and your mastermind. Because I think the just the journey that you've shared in the last 30, 40 minutes, um, personally, I think there's a lot, I know, I already know there's a lot of people listening that that they can relate to that. And they go, you know what, maybe it's a time for me to shift and change my attention and maybe who I'm giving my attention to and looking to for leadership and for help. So can you tell me a little bit about like your coaching and your mastermind and with what, as long as what you're willing to share?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Well, My coaching and mastermind are truly where I give back however I possibly can. And, you know, giving back is largely community. So it's kind of a hybrid. Uh, The Shine Mastermind is a community. And what I realized is that there's all of these courses that you can take. You know, you go and you take a course, but then you have no support you know, it's like you go do it and, you know, think you take a social media course and you're like, okay, this is awesome. I'm going to like do all this stuff. And then you like post, you know, 78 videos in your first week. And then after that, you're like, real estate happens again, right? Like you yeah. have all the other stuff. So um, it the format is that it's a course that we take. So it's the Sell More Live More Academy is my original course that I did. And the course is very much like let's make things simple and awesome in your life again. (laughs) Like let's build things back. So you have really great systems. You know exactly what you're doing every step of the way with your buyers, with your sellers, with your marketing, uh, every, you know, with your finances, everything gets broken down into a very like step by step by step process. So you no longer are getting crushed by decision fatigue. You're not having to decide all these things and you're not overwhelmed. Like it's even as basic as here's what you do every day of the week. So that's one half of it. And the other half is the mastermind part. So every week we get together and we ask questions, we mastermind, and we actually get work done. Think of how often agents are so busy working in their business that they never work on their business or Flip side is totally possible too. They're so busy building that perfect logo, and you know the perfect like uh, Canva yeah. thing for like their social media that they're not actually working in their business. They're like really good at working on their business. So it's just it's like the intersection. It brings people together, and we do these like really focused work sessions where we do um we have like prompts or we have things that we're doing, and then everybody you know goes. We're all accountable to each other, and we go and we get the work done. So it's really cool. It's super fun. And of course, because of it, you know, we built this really supportive community um, of people who really, you know, they, we just love each other and we, you know, are there for each other no matter what happens. Um, and we're all cheerleading each other, but there's zero like so-and-so has this statistic. You know, <laughs> It's like this person got to do a cool, charity drive, this person, you know, I've had lots of coaching clients be able to retire their spouses out of jobs that they hated because they are making so much money because now they run a business with actual systems and with things in place that gives it some predictability and they're no longer on the roller coaster. And it, you know, and that like, what an amazing thing. So that's really what the, what the mastermind is about. And then I do one-on-one coaching as well with people um especially people who you know some, some people are like super into the like coaching structure other people are like just let's chat every week we often most often we do every two weeks because i find like you can have this great conversation we make action plans um about you know fix people's systems and it's just it's very like strategic and then then two weeks later you've actually got something accomplished exactly. <laughs> You know, and you're able to have a conversation then so um those are those are the two programs and I'm always happy. You know, if you are interested, if you're looking at this, just send me a DM. It's not for everybody, you know, and I'm really open about that. It'll be for people who really want to have like a beautiful wholehearted life. And that's at the center and they want to run a business that really feels good. That's, that's what we're all about.
0: That's awesome. Is there a website at all that people should go to, or is it just, should they just DM you on like Facebook or something?
1: Yeah. Easiest thing, like find me on Facebook or Instagram. It's my website is called sell more, live more coaching.com. And all the stuff is on there. You just click the like, learn with Sarah button. It's really straightforward and you can cool. find all the programs, but like literally just reach out to me, <laughs> you awesome. know, like anybody, anybody social media is always the easiest.
0: Awesome. And we'll, we'll link to your, like to your Facebook and to, to the website and everything here in the show notes too. So cool. So last question for you, Sarah, um, you and I are recording this, it's it's almost, not technically, almost by the time it airs though, fourth quarter of 2021. So that means like 2022 is like right there around the corner. What are you most excited about for the next year? That's
1: a good question. I've no longer, I don't think so much in, in years anymore. I used to be so obsessed with like this year, I'm gonna win this award. Uh, The biggest things that are coming up is my daughter's turning nine. So like, if you've ever hung out with a nine-year-old, they're awesome. Like she's eight and a half now. Um, My biggest goal is to make amazing memories with her. She's really into horseback riding now. So I'm like streamlining, changing my whole string of horses and how I do everything. um, Because I just want to make really great memories with her. Uh, of course business I want to be amazing the shine program is going to be uh you know I just want to be kind of led to take it where the people need it to go uh it has been really a very fun journey so that's it really I know it's not like a big answer but I just want to keep living a great life that's it yeah
0: no that's perfect especially I've got a seem to be nine-year-old daughter as well and could totally relate to that and um I think that's, I think that's awesome. Like there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. Some people, when I ask that question, they talk, you know, in terms of business, they talk, some people talk in terms of like experiences. um, And there, to me, there's not a right or wrong. It's just like, what is Sarah, you know, excited about? And as long as Sarah's connected to what Sarah's excited about, I think that is truly the important thing.
1: Yeah. 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 Amen. Awesome.
0: Well, um, I, gosh, Anything else I should have asked you, or anything else that we should cover today before we before we wrap
1: up? Let me see. I wrote some notes because I always am like stay on track. Um,
0: <laughs> You're so ordinary. you
1: know it's funny how you said at the beginning, uh, just doing the same thing over time. Because I wrote down the word consistency over perfection. That's oh, yeah. that's a huge one, and that's that's a really big one. And um, you know, I think the the biggest thing I, I think if there's to be a takeaway from for everybody who's listening is that, you know, keep the focus on a good goodbye. If you are a person where you're in a space where you don't feel things are right and you want to make a transition, have the courage to tell the truth in a kind and compassionate and graceful way, but focus on that good goodbye. And if you are a leader listening to this, as far as I'm concerned, a mark of a true leader is somebody who gives a good goodbye. Who lets people graduate with grace, as you said, um, you know who you keep your doors open and your community strong. Um, if we could all have that <laughs> a little bit more in our world right now, yes, it's amazing to be passionate about whatever you're passionate about. I mean, there's so many things that we're passionate about because they mean so much to us. They are everything. They are lifeblood. Um, but remember that everybody else they're in their own head and they have their own thoughts for a reason. Uh, they're, you know, everybody has their own perspective, but being able to come to things with grace and kindness, I think is just one of the biggest lessons that we've really learned over this last little while. It's
0: so funny while well, you were talking earlier, I already written down a note with basically part of what I want to title this episode, which is Sarah Kalki on good goodbyes. And And then I'm filling the blank with a couple with a couple other thoughts there after I go back and and re-listen and 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 read my notes so um I'm glad you pointed that out because I literally had already written that part down Mm -hmm. and because Mm -hmm. I just I think it's so valuable and important and it's just a message that needs to be heard Mm -hmm. so thanks for doing that I appreciate it
1: yeah for sure thanks so much for having me
0: absolutely it was fun to catch up to uh uh while recording and uh Maybe we'll do a a round three someday in the not too distant future, hopefully.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Kevin and Fred Show. We'll talk to you again soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at EXP Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined EXP Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time Register at intro to